0: Welcome to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Hey, what a very special day. Um, What a very special day it is today as we... um, We kind of end our last service here. In many ways, it's a sigh of relief because the Setup and Teardown team is going to thank us for the new location. You will too because the new location has theater-style seating and your heinies will never feel more comfortable listening to me 30 minutes as a talking head. But this has been just a, a great place for us. We launched in the middle of the pandemic Wondering if God would even provide a facility. And oh, look what God has done. And I just want to, before I start this morning, give God honor. And just say thank you for what you've done, God. God, thank you for the 95 lives that were changed in this place. God, thank you for the 19 people that were baptized right over there. Thank you, God, for the 43 people across the street and over in this lobby area that went through the growth track and discovered their purpose. Thank you for the 211 people that came in as a first time guest giving God a shot. Thank you that you took a group God of just a few people and you multiplied it in a way that was beyond what we could ever think, ask, or even imagine. And so, yes, we're heading into a new season. But as we end today, in this season, may we just have a heart of gratitude. God, thank you for this room. Thank you for the presence that we felt in this room. And so I would be remiss not to say thank you for that. And so God, thank you. And now as we head to what's next, I head to what's next with expectation, with expectation. Man, the music makes it real spiritual until it dies off, huh? What'd you do, bro? We got power issues at this place. We're super excited to be moving. Thank you, sir. Huh? Oh, that's perfect. You can play that for a minute while I read my text. The computer plays better than you anyways. Acts chapter 3. <laughs> Acts chapter 3. <laughs> Verse number 1. Now Peter and John went up to the temple together at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. They laid him daily there to ask for alms to all those that entered the temple who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple he asked for some money he was a beggar and fixing his eyes on him or fixing his eyes on him Peter and John looked at him and said look at us look at us and the bible says this man gave them his attention What a moment that must have been. Look at us. You know, it's so easy, typically, when we see somebody begging for money to not make eye contact with them. Just kind of pass them by, or here's a dollar, and walk right off. And the men of God stopped and said, hey, look at me. The beggar looked up at the men of God and he gave them his attention. And this next line caught me by surprise, when I was reading the text this week, and it was this: He looked at him; he gave us, gave them his attention, expecting, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, "Silver and gold have I none; but what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up, walk." So he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up, and immediately immediately his feet and his ankles, his bones received strength. And so leaping up, he stood and walked and entered the temple with them. He was on the outside of the temple, never knowing what the temple looked like on the inside. And in that moment, got up on his feet, 40 years lame, entered into the temple with him and all the people, all the people that had probably saw him for the last 40 years, begging, begging, They now saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew, they knew it was he that sat begging for alms at the gate called beautiful of the temple. And they were all filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. The word for today is expectation. Expectation. The act or state of looking forward. As I bring a word to you today, I'm I'm expecting God to move. I'm expecting for your life to be touched. I'm expecting for God to show up in this place. As we enter into this next season as a church, I'm expecting good things. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm expecting. Your husband just hit you. Sorry, that was an awkward way to find out, wasn't it? Look at your neighbor. Look at your other neighbor and say, I have an attitude of expectation. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for expectation. We thank you that you are here. You are more than enough. We thank you that you want to do great things through us. And so today, God, may you take this word. May you bless it. May you multiply what I say in a special way, in a way that would pierce the heart of men. And women today in this room, may you go beyond my words and may they receive the word, the living word that is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword that can pierce through the very heart of every situation. The Bible says the joint and the marrow, may it do a work today in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, computer, for playing so beautifully. Or was that you? Did you pick up along the way? That was good. That was good. So this this word today uh, was really inspired by my four-year-old. I don't know if you have, uh, if you're in the room, you have kids, but if you have kids, um, how many of you know that they are great illustrations for your life? They are great little reminders of the things you do really good and the things you do really, really bad. And um, I feel like they really like to point out the things you do bad, right? So I have a four-year-old and uh, my wife is gone this week and she's been with her mother and so we've been you know, son and dad in it all week, and I kind of bribed him at the beginning of the week. I said, hey, if you have really good behavior, and if you do a really good job this week, you get up when we're supposed to get up, you go to school when you're supposed to go to school, you don't give daddy any lip, amen, um, you're gonna get a toy at the end of the week, and he's like, can I have a Paw Patrol dinosaur? Can I have a Paw Patrol dinosaur? Like, do they even make that? How did you... You took your two favorite things, and you combined them into one. I mean, Lord, how am I going to find a Paw Patrol with a dinosaur? And I was like, okay, buddy, we'll go to Target. If you can find it, you can have it. And so all week, he had this massive amount of expectation that he was going to get a Paw Patrol dinosaur. And so on Friday, he had been good all week, and he got out of the car, and he said, Daddy, are we going to go to Target today and get a Paw Patrol dinosaur? And I said, yes, we're going to get a Paw Patrol dinosaur. Today, after school, it is all yours. You have went pee-pee on the potty when you were supposed to go. You have had good behavior. You have been good to daddy. You haven't given me any lip. And yes, son, you are so awesome. Paw Patrol dinosaur is coming your way today if we can find it at Target together. And so I thought that's what we're going to do. We're going to get out of school and we're going to go get a Paw Patrol dinosaur because he was expecting that and it would be a really great day. And right before he walked into the classroom that day, something shifted, and he looked at me and he said, Daddy, you get the Paw Patrol dinosaur while I'm at school and give it to me after school, okay? Okay. (laughs) Well, in my frantic rush, I was like, yeah, 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 okay, bye. See you later. Give me kisses. Well, something happened in his little mind that day. He spent the entire day at school believing that while he was at school, Daddy was at Target looking for a Paw Patrol dinosaur so much anticipation he had for school being over and getting out and me showing up at 3.30 with his Paw Patrol dinosaur. And as a good dad, I was excited too because I was waiting to bless him all week with this Paw Patrol dinosaur. And so I showed up at 3.30 ready to take him to Target to find this toy. I had ice cream in hand. I came to school with an ice cream cone to pick him up. I mean, what a good dad I am. I mean, this was going to be a good Friday pick him up. He sees the ice cream. He says, Daddy, where's my Paw Patrol dinosaur? I said, well, we're going to get it at Target. I mean, as fast as I said that, it was like, whoa, Tears begin to flow, threw himself down on the ground. I am now that parent that is embarrassed. Everyone is looking at me. They're picking up their kids. My kid is on the ground. I got ice cream dripping out of my hands. And my child is screaming, I want my Paw Patrol dinosaur. I hate ice cream. I don't want ice cream. I was expecting you to give me my Paw Patrol dinosaur. And in that moment, I realized this profound truth that When we expect things and then it doesn't work out quite like we expect it, something dies in us a little bit. I can't imagine what kind of died in him a little bit that day where now he walks through life maybe not even believing that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm actually going to do it. It doesn't matter that we went to Target afterwards. And by the way, a Paw Patrol dinosaur does not exist, but we got Hot Wheels and it was all good. It doesn't matter that that happened, but something in that moment probably died a little bit because he expected to receive something and he didn't. And how many of you know when that happens, the, the power of expectation, it, 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 can, it can do something to us. You're like, I don't know. I don't know if I really relate to that. Well, well, think about this, right? Any of you single people out there, you expected, you didn't have to raise your hand, but those that just raised their hand, look around right now we just helped you out. fact, single people, right? No, just joking. There's your mixer. I have a clock. Go on, Sean. Um, what was I going to say? Single people out there, maybe you've went through life expecting to get a date, right? Expecting for, for that person that you saw and you admired to say yes and Then you got the courage up, and you thought you could be more than friends, and you interacted with that person. And then in that moment, what you were expecting did not come true. And something dies in you a little bit. Some of you just got anxious when I said that. You're like, that's me. That's the lot that I have in life. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to get a girlfriend. I'm never going to get a boyfriend. Or maybe for you, it was the desire to lose 10 pounds, and so you laced up your running shoes every day. You got the hokas out. You, you know, you got the couch to 5K. You did your thing, and you were like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. You got on the keto diet. You did it for 30 days. You were in the best state of ketosis as you have ever been in your life. I mean, it was incredible. And then you stepped on the scale and what you expected to be true didn't come true because you thought you would lose 30 pounds and instead you gained three because of all the bacon and the cream cheese and all that other stuff you were ketosising in your body you're in ketosis but you gained some weight and something died in you a little bit and you thought you know what I'm always going to be this size I'm always going to deal with this I'm never going to lose weight right and those things are funny but what happens when it's a little more serious when it's the promotion at work it's the promotion you prayed for it's the promotion you felt like you worked hard for it's that thing that you've been busting your tail for, and you thought, you know what, if anybody's gonna get this job, it's gonna be me. And then the promotion comes up and, and it's given to your coworker. And something dies in you a little bit. That that element of expectation, of, of anticipation, and faith and hope that good things can happen in your life, it dies in you a little bit. Maybe it's a relationship that you have in your life and and you expected that relationship to, to get healed. You were married and you and your spouse started going through it and you expected something great to happen and then it doesn't. And you've ended up divorced and now you're in here and you're single and you're divorced and something has died in you a little bit. Maybe you expected God to heal a family member of cancer. You expected God to do something uh, in the realms of healing and, and he didn't for whatever reason. You don't understand God's sovereignty and in that moment, something, something died in you a little bit. You expected to beat that sin, that thing you struggle with over and over and over and then you found yourself last week going right back to that same sin and in that moment, you felt shame wash over you. Something died in you again a little bit. The expectation that you were born with and created with has died and so as a little child, This happens to us and then we carry it. And what happens when we get to our adult life and what happens when we begin to walk through situations is we end up living life with this and I don't know how to describe it and I would never say it right, but there's this thing in us where we're like, I would never say I don't really believe God could do it, but I kind of believe it. You know, this is just my lot in life. This is just what I'm going to have to go through. This is just the cards that I've been dealt. And it just is what it is. And you walk into every situation now with a lack of expectation. Just saying, you know what? I'm fine. I'm fine. But I'm I'm not really. And so here's what happens is we begin serving, whether we would say it or not, we begin serving a God of never. God will never heal my marriage. God will never give me that promotion. God will never help me with that wayward child. God will never help me beat that addiction. Because somewhere along the way, you experienced moments in your life that cause expectation to die in you, and now when it comes to relating to God, because the world around you has had such a fight for this thing in you called expectation, this thing in you that really is faith, it's faith, it's it's substance in the things that we hope for, the evidence and things that we cannot see, and when we don't see them, that thing dies in us, and now we're like, God can never do that, God can never heal me, God will never do it for me, God will do it for my neighbor, God will do it for the super spiritual god might do it for the person that fasts during 21 days of prayer but it's probably not going to happen for me and you wouldn't say it like that but there's something in you that just says you know what he's probably just a god of never and here's the thing when we lack expectation in our life and when we go through that in our life, whether we realize it or not, here's what happens. We begin to prevent the miracles of God in our life because expectation, faith is the currency of heaven. It is the thing that moves the hand of God. The faith in your life, the expectation in your life, it is the breeding ground for the miraculous. It is the thing that moves the hand of God. You look through all throughout scripture, if you don't believe me, it was Faith that activated the miracle. It was the faith of the person that came. And they usually always got more than they expected. But faith matters. In fact, the Bible says without faith, it's actually impossible to please God. And so expectation, I can only imagine this man. This man in our text, as we look at our text, he's been lame for 40 years. 40 years he's been sitting outside of a gate called Beautiful. 40 years he's been sitting outside of the temple. Jesus must have passed him by a numerous amount of times. This man almost certainly knew who Jesus was. If for 40 years he had been sitting outside that temple, the odds are he was probably there when Jesus came as a boy and began to teach in the temple. He was probably there when Jesus would pass by and do miracles. He was probably there when people would come to the temple to lift up sacrifices to God and they would talk about this Messiah that has come. Perhaps he had hoped to be healed. Perhaps he had this desire in him, but he never worked up the courage to ask God for it. And then Jesus was crucified. We're in Acts chapter 3. Jesus has come. He has nailed our sins on a cross and now he is in heaven. And here this man is. He's like, I missed my shot. I missed my shot. I watched him walk by me a hundred times and for whatever reason, I never, I never asked. I never expected and, and here I am and so it seems as if all hope, I'm sure, if I'm this man of being healed, is gone. Expectation is surely dead in his life and little by little, he just thinks, this is my lot. I'll make a little bit of money today and I'll move on to the next day. I'll beg a little bit more to just get by and then I'll come back tomorrow and get a little bit more to just get by. And some of you, that's where you are today. There's some people in this room that you may be here today and you know what expectation has died in you. And you've showed up today thinking I'm just going to get a little bit more from God. But I don't know if you really believe he can change your life. I don't know if you really believe he can help you with that job situation. Do you really believe he can heal your marriage? And look, there's nothing wrong with you if you walked in and that's what you're feeling. You're in this fight. You're in this daily fight where the enemy wants to rob that from you, steal that from you, take the joy, take your... Here's the thing. The enemy doesn't care about your past. He doesn't. You know what he cares about? He cares about your present. He cares about your future. He wants to rob you of a future. He wants to rob you of joy. Well, I hope the enemy has to take a roll-aid today because this message makes him so sick at his stomach or this message gets him so much heartburn where he would realize that, you know what, devil? You're not gonna win because there's people that if, if faith would rise up in them, it would activate the hand of God, but... Maybe you're in here like that man today and you just, you feel like it's been sucked out of you. So the man there, 40 years, 40 years until something happens that day. Something happens when the man of God or the men of God walk to the temple that day. And something is released that day that we don't know has been released before. I can only imagine if it had been released before, he might have got his healing. But something happens that day where they, the, the, this man, as he looks at these men, releases something that causes his miracle to come to pass. If I had a title for today's message, it would be this, reviving expectations. Reviving expectations. Here's what I've been praying for you all week, that God would do something in you, that he would revive your expectations, that you would come into a place like this, that you would wake up every day and you would have expectations that God is a God of more, that God does wanna do exceedingly, abundantly, above more than you could ever ask, think or even imagine in your life that you don't have to walk through life just saying this is the lot I have, this is the situation I'm gonna deal with, I'm never gonna do this, I'm never gonna experience that, this is never gonna change but no, today we can revive Expectations in our life. And so, how do you do that? How do you begin to revive expectations? Well, a few things that I want to point out in this story as I just begin exegeting the text a little bit. And and I saw just kind of jump off the page. And the first is this it says, Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple, okay? The temple. And there was a certain man lame from the womb who was laid daily at the gate of the temple. I want you to hear this I think if you're taking notes the first thing that you can write down about reviving expectation is expectation waits in the right places. Expectation knows where to wait. See I would propose to you this if you're looking for a miracle, the temple is a good place to wait. And maybe he was waiting for money, not really waiting for a miracle. In fact, this was a great place to wait for money because people coming into the temple, they actually felt like they would get favor with God if they they gave to these beggars that would be out there, that it would actually grow them. But I would say one of the best ways to revive expectation in your life is to wait around the temple, is to wait in the right place. I thank God for the local church. I thank God for a place like this. There's nothing that can revive your expectations more than being around the presence of God. There's nothing that can make you feel more full of hope than saying, you know what, I'm going to commit to the house of God. Every chance I get, I'm going to be in church. Every opportunity I get, I'm going to be around the people of God. If your expectations in your life have died, I'm here to tell you today, one of the best ways to start reviving expectation in your life is to wait around in the right place. You don't need to wait around in the bar when expectations die. You don't need to go crawl up in a hole and isolate yourself. When expectations die. No you need to get around the people of God. You need to get around the house of God. Because First Chronicles says this. It says his eyes and his heart. Are upon his house. I'm here to say God's eyes are upon this place. God's heart is upon this place. And anything. 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 Can happen in the presence of God. So that's why we believe in Sunday mornings. We believe that the church, that the gathering, you know what? You're not the church unless you gather. You may walk around saying, you know what? I'm the church, right? Where, where I am, the church goes. And, and, and you know what? You are the, body of the, are the body of Christ, but you're only part of the body until you're connected with the whole body. And so it matters that we gather. It matters that we position ourselves in the right place. You're not the church until you're gathered with other people. The church is a gathering and so expectation in your life one of the best ways it can be revived is to just continue to commit to the house of God and you're like I got that I'm here today but may you remember this message when you're not here on a Sunday because the enemy wants to isolate you I don't know why it happens but You know, the first thing the enemy tries to do when when somebody gets in a a moment or a situation where, where they've messed up or, you know, they're feeling hopeless or, you know, something's happened in their job situation or their marriage, they feel like they need to isolate from from the people of God not what the enemy does that's his trick you don't deserve to be at church this weekend you don't need to go there you need to just take a moment for yourself you just sit in your loneliness for a while you need to sit in your cave for a little while no if you want to revive expectation let me tell you even when it gets hard in the weeks to come even when things do grow through your life can you can you just remain remain in the house of God and so here is this man and he shows up at the temple. He was in the right place. What a beautiful place. I love it. It's called, 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 called the, the gate called beautiful. Man, the church is beautiful. The house of God is beautiful. This place is amazing. May this be a place. Father, may this be a place where the lame are carried. May this be a place where people that are hopeless feel like this is a gate called beautiful. May this be a house where the broken are attracted to come get laid down on a daily basis. Just thinking, just hoping, just expecting that God can do something in their life. And so if you're going to revive expectation, I think you've got to position yourself in the right place. The second is this. There he is sitting outside the temple. Peter and John walked by. And fixing his eyes on them, the Bible says they said, look at us. So, so the man, it says, gave gave them his attention if you're taking notes I think expectation not only waits in the right places but it also fixes attention on the right people what are you fixing your attention on I promise you expectation in your life it'll be a hard thing to revive if you're looking to the wrong things if you're looking to the wrong people and Peter said hey look at us And I believe there's a voice that is constantly calling out for us, an invitation from God saying, look to me, look to me, all those that are broken, look to me, all those that are weary, look to me, all those that feel like your expectation has has fallen by the wayside and you feel like you could never, you will never, you know, whatever, Look, look to me. Notice here why the man looked at him. I think he looked at them because they first looked at him. May you know today God's eyes are on you. You are the apple of his eye. If you're here today, there's been something that the enemy's tried to steal from you and it's this expectation. Can I just tell you this? God's eyes are on you and you're hurting, God's eyes are on you. God's looking at you today. God's looking at you today. What have you been walking through this week? God's looking on you. He's saying, come to me. There's an invitation today, look to me. If we could hear the whispers of heaven right now, I think it would be saying, look to me. Don't look at the problem anymore. Don't look at the thing that's causing you anxiety. Don't look at the thing that's causing you depression. Don't look at the situation. Look to God and as you look to him, I promise you there will be something. I think that's the moment it all shifted for this man. I think the moment it shifted for this man that was different than every other moment is he decided to look to the right place. He decided to look to the men of God. He decided, I'm not gonna look at my brokenness anymore. I'm not gonna look at the fact that I'm lame and I can't walk. I'm gonna look to the men of God. And he looked at them and then something unexpected happened. The Bible says he looked at them expecting 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 to receive one of the best ways to revive expectation is just just to expect I think expectation waits in the right places and it looks to the right people but thirdly expectation just expects I don't even know if that's a good point but you get it it just expects It just is hopeful. Something just shifts and says, you know what? I'm not looking at this anymore, but I'm going to get up. I'm going to look up. I'm going to look to Jesus just saying, God, I know, I know, I know that I've been lame for 40 years, that I've been struggling with this, and this has been my lot that I feel like I've had in my life. But today, I am expecting, expecting to do something. See, was the miracle. What happened next were Peter and John. I've heard it preached a hundred times that the miracle was in Peter and John looked at him and said, come on, get up. And we give Peter and John a whole lot of credit for carrying the presence of God with them. But maybe the thing that made this guy's life so different that day was just for the first time maybe and we don't know, but maybe for the first time he just expected it. Oh, Jesus had passed him by what could have been many times. Men of God had probably passed him by many times, but today he woke up and for whatever reason he locked eyes with the men of God I think when you fix your attention on the presence of God today when you see God and you don't see your problem when you see a God that is holy when you see a God that holds it all together that holds you in the palm of his hands that knows what you're going through that knows the weakness that you walk in with something will shift inside of you and that expectation that expectation will begin to be revived See, I think it's when he looked at Jesus, or when we look at Jesus, and when this guy looked at the men of God, that expectation went from being dead to revived. You want your expectation to be revived today? Look to Jesus. A byproduct is you will expect. You can't get a picture of God and not expect. He is a God of expectation. He's a God that breathes hope and life. He says, I've got good plans for you, plans for you to prosper, future for you, hope for you. God wants to restore that thing in you. And so the Bible goes on to say, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. In the name of of Jesus, rise up and walk, and it took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately, immediately, I'm praying today, immediately somebody expects God to do something and receive some strength, I'm praying you receive strength in your body, I'm praying you receive strength in your mind, right now in Jesus' name, God, I pray somebody would get strength in their mind, I pray somebody would get strength in their soul, I pray somebody would get strength in their physical body, I pray that somebody would get strength in their marriage, come on, if you believe that, would you just agree with me. Would you just agree, God, right now give me strength in my body. Give me strength in my marriage. Give me strength in my job situation. Come on, those people that are agreeing with me, they need something. You may not need something today. That's okay. Just look to the person next to you agreeing and say, God, I agree with them. God, I expect something for them. God, I want something for them. And immediately he received strength and began leaping, walking, and standing in the temple praising God last thing that I have is this when expectation is revived in your life you'll always get more than you expect with Jesus you'll always get more than you expect this guy came looking for money this guy came looking for some coin is that what the kids say give me some coin looking for the coin Silver and gold have I none. But what I have is more than you expected. But your expectancy, it's the currency of heaven. Your faith is moving the hand of God. And right now, I'm going to give you more than you expect. You wanted some money. You wanted a handout, but give me your hand. Get up. Walk. Walk. You don't have to live on your mat anymore. You don't have to live outside the gate called beautiful, never going into the temple, but come on in with us. Let's go praise God together. Get up, get up and walk. I'm just saying, if you would allow expectation to be revived in you today, if you'll walk out of here saying, you know what? Yes, my life seems to suck right now. But I'm going to be hopeful that we serve a God of more than enough. That we serve a God that really can work all things together. That we serve a Romans eight twenty eight God. That God works all things together. I promise you, if you'll do that, there's going to be a moment. There's going to be a time where your expectation meets the hand of God. And you will get more than you expect. See it all throughout scripture. Expected a healing, got salvation. Expected, expected just their need to be met, the whole household's needs got met. You'll always get more than you expect with Jesus. And that will glorify everyone around when they, or glorify God by everyone around when they see that. Yeah. I love what it goes on to say next in Acts chapter 3. It says that all the people, all the people that saw this man walking around, what did they do? They were filled with wonder and amazement. There's no better testimony that we can give God than to come to Him with expectation and then let that miracle in our life shine so brightly. Listen, your expectation can save a city. Your expectation can heal family members around you. Your expectation can change your job. Your expectation can do something in your life. When you walk through life expecting and God does a miracle in your life, it won't matter if they believe like you believe. It won't matter if they've ever walked into a church building. It won't matter if they know the word, fasted, prayed. They will be filled with wonder and amazement because there will be something that said, how did God do that and that's what I want for our church Bible says this and I close with this scripture that no eyes have seen no eyes have seen nor have any ears heard what is entered entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them Church, no eyes have seen, no ears have heard what God has for a church that comes with an expectation. As we move to KCD next week, I want to challenge us. I want to challenge us to show up at that place every week with expectation. I want to challenge us to release expectation in the atmosphere when we show up in the room. That expectation would be released in your worship. That expectation would be released in your, your spirit. That when you come in, you'd have a heart just expecting to receive. Expecting your neighbor to receive. Expecting for the person that you're inviting to receive. That we would be a church. That expectation. Expectation is the thing. We will not let die in our church. The enemy can't rob that of us. But we will revive expectation. And we will say, this is the day the Lord has made. I rejoice. I'm glad in it. I'm expecting God to do more. How many of you expect God to do more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine? How many expect when we move to KCD to not just see 95 salvations, but 195? That goes on to 295. How many expect your neighbor to get healed? How many expect your marriage to get restored? How many expect for you to go from broken and tired to a life of vibrancy, a life of wholeness, a life of fullness? Come on, how many of you expect to see hundreds of people baptized? How many of you expect when you walk into the room, it won't matter what the preacher says, it won't matter what the band does, there'll be a presence of God so thick and so strong and so mighty in that place. Lives will never be the same. People in this city will be filled with wonder and amazement. Would you stand to your feet? Let me pray for you today. Nobody looking around, would you bow your heads, close your eyes all over this place. No eyes have seen, no ears have heard. God has prepared for you. An expectant heart moves the hand of God. Came in today expecting me to give you some points on a teaching TV. But God gave me a word in my heart that was burning today for our church. That we would enter into this next season expecting God to show up. The people in this room. You walked in today, and you are hurting. You have been struggling with the same old, same old, same old, and you walked in thinking, I'm never going to beat this. I'm never going to, you know, I'm always going to struggle with this. Today, may you see Jesus, and may your heart be revived with expectation. And may we all be filled with wonder and amazement as we hear the testimony in the weeks to come of what God is going to do in your life. Life. And so maybe you're in here today and somebody invited you and you've been far from God. You've been sitting outside the temple. You didn't know this, but you were lame. See, the Bible says we, in many ways, we're all kind of lame, right? Without God, we were hopeless, we were separated. But today, I believe God is giving an invitation to you saying, look at me. Call on me. I'm here for you. And the Bible says, anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're in here today, you've been far from God. I want to give you an opportunity with nobody looking around. Let this be a holy moment. Just between you and God. I'd love to pray for you, know who you are, but you're in here today and you would say you know what that's me I've been kind of without God but today I'm ready to I'm ready to look to him and have a hope revived in me I'm ready to some would say make my peace with God it's really easy you just confess with your mouth Jesus I need you I'm broken without you you repent you say God I'm sorry for doing life without you you believe that Jesus is your Savior. Bible says you'll be saved. So if that's you today and you're like, you know what? I'm ready to, to make that decision for him. Nobody looking around. Would you just slip up a hand it's between you and God? And I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to, to just agree that God would do something special in this moment. Father, we love you. Father, right now do something in their lives impact their lives may it never be the same again and now Father I pray for our church I pray right now in the name of Jesus something holy would rest on them God I pray that you would anoint them with the spirit of expectation may the power of expectation be in their footsteps may the power of expectation be on the tip of their tongue when they face hopeless situations may they not May they not walk through thinking this is going to be their lot. This is what they just have to face. But may expectation rise up. When the doctor gives them a difficult report, may expectation rise up. When they get bad news at their job, may expectation rise up may this be a house may this be a people of expectation and in doing so may we see the hand of God move may, may, may our expectation be the breeding ground for the miraculous in this church may miracles happen as we go into this next season may KCD be a house of miracles where lives are changed hearts are mended the broken the lame come to you and they're never ever the same In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Life Point Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlu.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.